0: Hey Boss Mama, my name is Laura Katanen and my big dream is that mothers are valued as an asset in the business world with equal opportunities to pursue their dreams while showing future generations what is possible with the right mindset. I'm a dreamer and doer by nature who loves the challenge of bringing dreams to life. I went from corporate change leader to entrepreneur, wife and mom all around the same time. This brought on massive identity shifts which encouraged me to wake up and rethink everything I believed and valued about myself and life. By learning how to expand my mind, I was not only able to ignite my soul's purpose and passions, but also elevate my business and life in quantum leaps. I want the same for you, which is why I am here to talk about the mindset required to dream bigger and the simple steps you can take to bring your dreams to life so you can shine brighter, sharing your remarkability, and making the impact in the world only you can. Besides getting vulnerable, sharing my personal journey and lessons learned, I also interview pioneers paving a new way for all women. Even though women have orbited our planet as astronauts, there is still an unconscious cultural bias around mothers in the workforce, which is why it's time to start thinking differently about our power in the world. If this resonates with you, grab your headphone, and your favorite beverage and let's dive into the topics that challenge and motivate us to have the right mindset and keep going despite the roadblocks and chaos around us as we juggle this thing called boss mama life sending you love light and lots of imagination as we dive into our next episode Hello, Boss Mamas. Welcome back to another episode of Boss Mamas Mindset. I'm your host, Laura Katanen, and I am just so thrilled to be with today's guest. You know, the universe has such an amazing way of connecting people, and I am just so blessed uh, for the opportunity to be on the social movement. I've met incredible, incredible people, uh, just you know, part of the movement, or uh, reaching out to see if there's interest in the movement, and I'm just really grateful for all of that. And one of those women that I've had the pleasure of meeting is here with us today. Um, so Christina Crichton is a signature. Uh, she's a real estate agent for Signature One Lux Luxury Estates in South Florida, and she has two kids. Um, And she's also a producer on the social movement, just like me. So, busy, busy boss mama. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. uh, I'm so impressed with everything that you're doing,
0: and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. You know, we had a chat not too long ago and I was just determined to have Christina on the podcast because I feel like the story of Christina's and the journey that she's been on will resonate with so many women. And it's important, especially now in a time where, you know, we've lost a lot of hope in many different levels, whether it be with the healthcare system or uh, struggling with, you know. Being a mom and a a boss and trying to do it all around COVID and there's just been a lot going on. So I wanted Christina to come in and talk to us and share her story because she will she will shine a light and show us that there's hope, even after a dark period so.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Laura, I think, um, everybody that is going through a dark, hard time is just being primed for their greatness. And, you know, when I was going through my experiences, um, you know, I just somehow deep inside, I just knew there's something more, uh, despite the setbacks, despite the pain. And, um, I just, I, I, I believe in all of you going through it. And um, yeah, do you want,
0: tell me how you want me to start or. Yeah, sure. Well, before we get into your story, I want to ask you a couple other questions, but I did want to start with, I pull a card. I always pull a card before the guest. And um, recently I've been sharing it. The audience really likes that. So I was asking, Uh, my guides to help me out and which goddess would best protect Christina and which one does she need the most right now and you won't believe it but the goddess boss came up and she's the goddess for independence um and she's she has cats around her and the message is like the cat you're fiercely independent yet you also need affection and playful companions now is the time to balance your social interactions with solitude While you may ask others for their opinions, ultimately you must make your own decisions. Your freedom and independence are top priorities. So ensure that these characters are nurtured. And so it means, you know, spend some time with yourself, give yourself permission to play and ask yourself daily if your needs are being met. And really it's just like, um, pay attention to your feline side, the feminine side, the playfulness where we need to roll with our intuition and not be so structured. And this is perfect because there's some questions that I wanted to dive into that relate well with all of this. so I loved it. Um, Let's do it. Thank you for that. So the first, <laughs> question that I have for you. Listen, many, many people, when they hear the word real estate agent, it's like there's an image that already pops up into their head. And I don't know if selling sunset really helped or enabled that image, right? So what are one to two myths that you would want bust, to bust right off the bat about what it is to be a real estate agent, especially in the luxury market, And is there really cat fights? And tell us some of those things that people are dying to know. Uh, The cat fights, well, I don't come across any of that because I,
1: you know, personally like to surround myself with amazing driven women. Um, So I think the (laughs) Selling Sunset is more of an entertainment aspect of the show, um, because I mean, how many times can we look at a beautiful house? I mean, <laughs> it just gets boring after a while, unless you bring in personality and some sort of drama. Um, so I think that's a definitely a huge um, a myth uh, in the real estate world. I mean, in my world, it doesn't happen. If I have in, I, I'm in a group of um, 12 women in Signature One Luxury Estates and we're all super, super supportive. If I pick up a, a, a call and somebody needs help, I am available and vice versa. Um, you know, there, the, some of the drama usually happens with clients. Most of the drama happens with clients uh, because of just, you know, their personalities, what they're looking for, what they can't find and their own, you know, marriages and families and stuff. And sometimes we get pulled in because we have to guide them towards their purchase and someone uh, mediate their personal life so that way they can get to that perfect home
0: wow so you sometimes might be a mindset coach or a therapist (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it's it's real estate
1: is a uh, multi-faceted business you you never know what kind of deal is going to be going on Um, and every deal is so unique in its own way
0: well, I know I told you already, but, you know, when we were moving internationally last year in the middle of COVID just breaking out, um, you know, our real estate agent, who happens to be also a boss mom, a friend of mine, she was fantastic, so I do believe that, like, you know, it's such an integral relationship. It's such an intimate relationship too. You know, this person's coming into your home, is gonna have to tell you, you know, what needs to be cleaned up or organized or moved out to be show ready. And so you've gotta trust the person. You gotta really have that trust, right?
1: Absolutely, and and that starts from the beginning. I mean, I, I just, I had one couple that was moving from California to South Florida with their two young children. And as a, as a mother, I know how hard it is, you know, just being with kids and, you know, relocating, it's so difficult, but um, you know, I not not only educated them about the locations, but also, you know, captured them in the process because I love taking pictures. And now that they purchased their home, I just send them those pictures. And it just, it it was such a sentimental uh, thing for them. And for me, because they let me be part of that journey with them.
0: That's so sweet. So you're a mama of two. Tell us a little bit about your kids.
1: Um, yeah, so I have two amazing, uh, fun personality uh, kids. Uh, my daughter's 12. Her name's Mila, and my son is eight, and his name's Lex. Um, they are both figure skaters, and um They are the most exciting adventure I've ever been part of, and I cannot imagine my life without them because they are—they ground me, they help me grow and become better, they support me, and I'm so proud of them because every time that I reach an achievement, I see that reflect right back from them because they want to work harder uh, towards their goals and improve in their own personal lives.
0: It's such a journey, isn't it? Oh, oh my gosh. God. <laughs> Some moments <laughs> are more challenging than others. <laughs> yes. Now, you ended up in real estate without the intention, really, and you were even a bit hesitant to jump in. Will you share your story briefly, which led you to this career move and your life transformation, and uh, what you learned about yourself in the process?
1: Sure, sure. Um, one of my favorite games uh, in childhood was Monopoly, so I kind of knew I was going to somehow, deep down inside, end up in real estate. Um, I, I initially. Love that. What
0: was your favorite piece?
1: What was your favorite? Um, it, it was uh, it was the car. <laughs> i, I love cars dog. <laughs> <laughs> i i love I, that game is so awesome and the car because i always envision i'm gonna have a lamborghini and these high-end properties and it, it, like you know playing that game you just get so into it and it's such a long long game so yeah um the car <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I played that game as a kid. and I just kind of envisioned owning real estate in, in, in like a fun way. Now that I understand how the mind works, I'm like, wow, I was really premeditating my future. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, uh, my, uh, so I got married at 18 and, um, my husband and I started a dental practice. So my real estate kind of began in that realm uh, when I started to look for properties to build out a dental practice. Um, You know, uh, I found a property, kind of studied the demographics, uh, the location and uh, the visibility of the practice because we came in with zero patients. And, um, I studied business and college business and broadcast journalism, so I just kind of used my marketing and um, business to really negotiate the lease, build out the practice, and that was the start of my real estate. Um, after that, my husband and I, at the time, were looking to buy the whole plaza because we wanted to own real estate. So think Monopoly, okay, we're taking over the block.
0: It's all making <laughs> so, sense.
1: <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, unfortunately, as, um, you know, uh, as we were building the business and having kids in a chaotic life, our marriage fell apart and um, could buy my baby business that I built with him. And um, I just kind of had to figure out which direction I was going to go into. And I leaned into, leaned more into real estate because, you know, I knew I already done the, the leasing part and, uh, I've already, we were looking for a second location at that time. So I went and got my license and I just started talking to all my real estate friends and just kind of getting pieces of information how about how it all works.
0: Oh, wow. So when yeah. you all I'm curious because, you know, this, so many women, you know, I've coached a lot of people even through difficulties in marriage and so forth. And, you know, something always surfaces that we don't even realize that existed there. There was a belief, uh, maybe something that popped up from your childhood where you made a decision about life. Can you tell us a little bit about like that moment when you found out that your relationship was ending um, what beliefs started surfacing about yourself, your life, relationships that you really yes. had to come to terms with?
1: Oh, it was such a long journey. I mean, of just uh, everything that um So I was married for 12 years uh, before we ended uh, things and um, while we were building out the practice, so my ex-husband is from um, Belarus, like myself, and um, he lived in New York. So I moved up north to, to be with him while he was in dental school and I was doing my college degree. And then... I'm from Florida. So I'm like, I need to come back to Florida. I cannot live in a cold environment. So when we came here, I mean, I'm used to the, you know, the, the beautiful, everything, beautiful people, beautiful weather, everything. Um, he, I guess, had a little bit of a struggle with temptation. So um, I didn't know any of that at the time. And I just like, my goal is I want to Healthy family. I want a successful uh, business with my with my husband. I want to, you know, I want to have it all, and I work hard and I'm I'm out to get it. Um, after you know having my son, the business was starting to grow. Um, I just I was so busy, and our relationship was just so distant. Um, we we saw each other 24 seven, and we talked to each other like entrepreneurs did. There was no intimacy. There was nothing, and um, I. I started to notice that and I just slowly started to kind of tell him, you know, I feel like there's something wrong. Like I'm starting to um, like, I told him point blank. I feel like I'm starting to, you know, uh, look at other people the way I shouldn't, and he made me feel bad about that. Instead of just saying, "Let's go work through it," um, you know, he sh- he just made me feel bad. And to make him proud of me, and I felt ashamed that I even told him that. Um, I worked harder because I thought if I worked harder, he would accept me and wanna love me more. Um, about a year in, you know, two years into our practice, he um, I found some very um, on his phone that he was talking to somebody. And I confronted him about that because he uh, he told me that he would, you know, he would never cheat on me. And he told me it's nothing. It's just a friend. and and you know, it's everything's gonna be fine, and that, you know, I shouldn't worry. I mean, that traumatized me already because I believe in emotional cheating also. But I believed him that it was nothing. But at that point, my mindset already shifted. And I knew that um, I kind of started to fall into depression. But again, I threw myself harder at work. And um, then I started to have really really bad um physical issues i started having like fevers that just spiked and i started shaking profusely and then um i talked to some of my friends and they're like christina if i were you i would plan for an exit strategy because um i don't believe what he's telling you is 100 percent truth and um a year later he sat me down three days before christmas and told me everything um and that paralyzed me um, because my whole life just felt like it just crumbled. Um, and all of those, you know, little signs that I thought were, you know, okay, we can work through it. I can work through it. I can be strong for our family. Everything just collapsed. At that point, um, I lost sensitivity in my arms, um, feeling in my arms, my legs. So I, I got my body went into cocoon mode. Um, and at the time, I didn't go to the doctor because my ex-husband at the, told me, he's like, you're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. Um, I'm not going to do any of these things anymore. Um, now, I I took this course to really help our family. I want you to go and fix yourself and being a good wife following, you know, my husband, I'm like, okay, I'll go and fix myself. But when I went to this course, um, which was called landmark, I really was such a, um, uh, tug of war within myself. Like, I just felt like this was wrong. I, I, how much more abuse and things can I take? But through the course, I found some more courage to fight for, and I told my my husband at the time that I'm giving you one year. If you are saying that we can survive, I want to see the actions. This is not like a regular fight we had. This is something that I I don't trust you. I had trust issues to begin with, and that was my um my statement and declaration to him. And uh, ten months later, I every uh, my mind unraveled quickly, and I just I knew that I couldn't stay in that relationship any longer because I. I started to realize I needed more and I deserved more, but I, my destructive phase was beginning. And that was a dark period of my life where I had to get lost to get found again.
0: Yeah, so a couple of things. Thank you so much for sharing and being so open and vulnerable. I am positive that women are listening are really appreciative of that. Um, There's a couple of things I wanna highlight. First and foremost, it's, um, you know, many, 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 many women I've spoken to and clients that I've had, they start to feel things in their body and then their body, it's like, even with um, burnout, our body burns out because we start disconnecting ourselves and our body and our mind can't be disconnected when they are and you're not listening to your body, you are it's eventually going to catch up. So it's really important to pay attention to those symbols and signals, you know, yeah yeah and I I didn't listen
1: to I didn't know what was happening I just and uh my ex-husband didn't believe in you know going to the doctor so all I wanted was therapy at that time and you know we went once and I now I've, I've had some neurological damage after all of that because of of, of holding it all in and um uh i didn't realize what it was i had doctors later 3 years later tell me based on all the symptoms that i developed post traumatic stress exactly. um yeah. and it was it, yeah i and i minimized that because i i thought i'm stronger and i could do this and um i remember sitting down with my sister at one point and and i asked her because i lost feeling i lost feeling emotionally i lost feeling in my body and and everybody knew what was going on because my ex-husband told everybody what he was doing behind our family. It's like a double life. Um, and I asked my sister, I'm like, how bad is it? I can't feel anything. And I, and my sister's like, you're smiling as you're saying this. And she broke down crying. Wow. She's like, I can't believe you can't feel what's going on. And that to me, seeing that in my family made me real. Like I'm getting chills. Like, like that moment made me realize how much i've like subconsciously blocked myself from feeling anything
0: yeah that's and that's not healthy it's really big trauma and that's why you know anyone that's listening like seek help like go ask for help right away find somebody that you can talk to you'll you know uh, that post traumatic stress is real it's not just after baby there's so many other incidents where it can pop up. And I really think it's important that you listen to your body. Um, the other thing you mentioned that, um, that is so critical is the idea around trust. And so, you know, there's, you know, there's so many ways to look at this. And some, some relationships, um, I was at a couple's workshop once actually, and and there were some relationships that were actually able to make it through some infidelity, infidelity and things like that but trust is a difficult one to repair in any relationship so you know talk to um, us about that like what what is your relationship with trust and what did you notice as you started opening it up and realizing that you can't trust him anymore what did you realize that you valued and believed and all of that
1: Yes, that's a, that's a great question. It was, it was a journey. I, when I went and started my journey of courses to understand uh, why I didn't have trust and it all stemmed back to my childhood um, and it was, it, it's, it's a very, it was a very painful situation because I gave so much trust to my ex-husband because I thought he was the one who was going to make it all better for me um, when we got married uh, because mm. I didn't have that in my, with my stepfather. I didn't have that with my mother. I didn't trust anybody. Um, and I trusted my ex-husband so entirely that at one point in my life that I put my ex-husband above my children. And that's when, um, and and then of course, obviously everything kind of fell apart. And then I had to really start doing the work within myself to figure out, can I trust myself? The trust comes back, uh, you know, within me. This was something that I was lacking within myself. Um, I wasn't trusting my own instinct. I wasn't trusting my own um, judgments about anything. So the therapy really helped me, and the courses really helped me. Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't a pretty um you know journey to go and understand all of that but i understood you know everything that i desired which was a healthy family which was um you know a business a successful business empowerment uh when i moved to this country i wanted to have you know that woman empowerment because in belarus you know women are you know you marry and then have babies and um when i put all my trust into my husband i gave my power away and now that i've grown and understand you know in order for me to trust myself and attract that quality relationship it starts with me so um yeah uh, trust is wow. super important to and it, it, you have to lean into it and build on it it's not something that is like an aha moment you have to you have to
0: work at it yeah for sure oh my gosh so many amazing things that you've shared and again thank you so much because this is a hot topic I mean I've talked about this with so many of my clients what it is really is codependency and codependency shows up in many different forms you can be codependent on people you can also be codependent on things and places um, you can be codependent on your time. I mean, it shows up. It's it's one of those things that is a lifelong journey for a lot of people, um, but it all boils down to yourself. Like, what is it about yourself? Where is that relationship with yourself? Where are you handing your power over? Like you mentioned, so beautiful, aha. So it was a lot of work for you. What are some of the methods or things that you did that were effective for you, that helped you get back your power and sort of put this into practice, the actions that you started taking. Could you share a little bit around that? Sure, sure. I mean, you
1: know, after my divorce, um I want to say I was a complete mess. <laughs> I was learning how to be on my own. And I just knew I was angry. I was, I, I was disconnected with reality I I, before um, I grew up around um, Christianity and I chose to be uh, in church when I was a kid just so I can be around healthy people that emulated healthy relationships uh, because I didn't have one at home and when I got divorced I was learning um, I didn't want to feel anything even though beforehand I had a really good, strong sense of intuition. I could read people well. After my divorce, I, I had no sense of barometer, nothing. I just, I, I fell into the wrong groups. Um, women that I thought were supporting me were just using me. Um, and at the, at the time I was okay with it because I'm like, I don't want to have healthy relationships that are full of meaning, even though I kind of wanted it and I thought I was you know, getting there. It was zero it was now that i look back on it i'm just like wow these were just such shallow relationships that i had um but the the journey kind of was always something deep inside of me pulling me towards um finding my way back seeking more information um when the divorce was happening well this uh, business separation was happening i was plugged into books um something that i just always knew that if you want to not let your mind dominate which at that point my mind was not trustworthy because of what it was experiencing and it it blocked off a lot of things like I couldn't feel anything physically emotionally um and I was uh listening to Jim Rohn books Just his practical, um, just basic things. Like I couldn't handle anything of depth at this time. And Jim Rome, his basic, you know, principles of life, which were what I kept listening to over and over, over and over again. And at that moment, it didn't feel like anything was happening. The only thing it felt was like I felt it was doing, it was making me feel good for the moment like when i was driving the kids to school or when i was driving the the kids to their figure skating practice it felt good to listen to those words instead of my own disaster of a mind that was happening. And so that's kind of the the stuff that I was doing. And uh, one of the other things that I did, I was really organized when I ran the dental practice, I would journal and write everything that I wanted to accomplish. So with me, as I was transitioning into real estate, um, I would, you know, set goals of what I need to accomplish, um, as far as like letting the network know um, that I'm a realtor now, you know, here's, you know, just building on that um, business model for me and writing things down and yeah, reading a lot, reading a lot. um, Exercising was the most uh, crucial piece. Uh, If there's something that you love to do and you're hurting, this is the best time to do it because this is where you start to have that, those visions of hope and possibility come up for you.
0: Wow. Fantastic. It's like, what you feed your mind and your body and how you let that out, whatever outlet that is, it sounds to me like that's really the recipe here. Um, and it's all absolutely such good, wonderful advice for all the boss is listening. No matter if you're going through something tough or not, I feel like these things always help us elevate, expand our mind, you know, doing things that's good for our mind, body, and soul. And I love Jim Rohn. I was introduced to him about eight years ago, nine years ago. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of his work and his, his stuff. So it does put you in a really yeah. good mood, right? It yeah. does. And it does. And I, I mean, it look like
1: just just to show you. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Like to me, I was learning how to walk as as an adult after just having lost everything. And this is going back to the trust thing, right? So you you I think that everything that I know that is good for me and I started doing, I wasn't sure what the result was gonna be. I just trusted the process and build, this is what we're talking about, building on the trust that what your steps are, that you don't see the immediate gratification and the result. It, it, it will come down the road and those are little seeds that you plant in your mind they grow and over time becomes bigger and you are in a completely different mental place like right now I'm so grateful that I just trusted it within myself to take those actions
0: it's beautiful and it's it's so uh, true. And it's exactly why uh, the, the Ziello uh, coaching model is mindset, intention, leadership, and impact. Because if you don't do those things, you won't have the impact you want. And so that actually is a perfect segue into my, my other question that I had for you. Because once you start doing those small things, and you start feeding your brain, and you start, you know, getting clear on what your intentions are, now you need to take clear action in bigger ways. You need to become like the CEO of your life, right? So where were those areas that you realized that you needed to shift a little bit in, in terms of where your focus and your energy was given? It was, it was mostly it was mostly um, stepping away from the people
1: and just right now, stepping away from just trying to find a solid relationship. Um, I think that was that was this is like this was five years you know four or five years ago. Now I'm at a journey where, okay. Um, I'm kind of tired of trying to get my healthy family back and I embrace that I do have a healthy family. It does not have to be a man and a woman and two kids. you know it can look and look different differently and, and that's okay. Um, I just felt like all of my energy in trying to complete myself by having a supportive partner, which don't get me wrong, it is so important and Laura, you can agree that to have somebody that is in your corner, who who is just supporting you is so important, and that was my mission. And I just I've I've had three um, you know relationships after my divorce that were very insightful, and but I just I just got tired of it. I, I just I'm I my energy is better served by focusing on my healthy habits and strengthening them even more. Focusing my focus um, on my children and really growing them and pouring into them. And, and then my career, I mean, this is everything that I wanted, I already have it. Why do I need a partner? I mean, I do want somebody, but I have such immense strength and love for myself now that I don't need that anymore. And if it happens, it happens. I'm not gonna go searching for it anymore because somebody that you know um, that is searching for something that takes hold of you, you know, and it takes the focus off of the important things. And I don't want that anymore.
0: Wow. That's so amazing. This is part of what you uh, go through when you, I don't know if you've heard of A Course in Miracles, but I love this book and um, Marianne Williamson writes A Return to Love. And it's all about these things that you just talked about. And one of the things that it says in the very beginning is that, you know, in order for you to receive miracles, you need to turn upside down and, uh, completely 180 around what you think and you know we are raised watching these Disney movies thinking that there has to be this fairy tale for our life to be complete and we put so much meaning and and belief around it and to your point great you know it is nice to have a relationship uh, but believe me there's challenges in every in every situation and it's the, it's the moment you start putting too much emphasis as you said on something that you're again, letting your power go. So I love that you've gotten to that point where you're now focused on what you have. You're grateful for what you have and that's enough. And if other things pop in, miracles come in that you are open to receiving them, but it's not expected. And I love that, it's so beautiful. So kudos thank you, thank to you. you. Yeah,
1: it's it's a journey. It's a journey. I I'm, I'm figuring this out as everybody else is and I want to share it and if it helps somebody then that's wonderful because yeah. you know my the I learned from so many different people and one person might say it one way and it might not resonate when somebody else says it a different way and then that clicks for me, you know. And but you have to reach out. Don't get stuck in your darkness and you have to reach out to people and communicate and it's okay if you get rejected and sometimes it's not even rejection sometimes it's just you know those people don't belong in your life right now you know so but going out there and sharing and talking and that's something that I'm also like figured out that I kind of became mute I'm a very social person and after going through that I really was afraid of people because I, I just didn't want to get hurt anymore so you do have to step out of that comfort zone and, and, and leap to grow, to go to the next level.
0: Okay. I have two last questions for you. Okay. So, um, you know, I would be remiss not to ask you something that I know a lot of other women, uh, that I coach struggle with, and this is around selling. So you happen to sell luxury real estate, these high prices, and a lot of people are scared to just, you know, sell a product that is low price so it's 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 a mindset hurdle and so what have you learned what advice would you give to anybody listening around selling period whether you're selling high tickets low tickets all the stuff in between what what have you learned or what what was the one piece of advice you got that really resonates
1: and the advice is i i don't think i got any advice i think it's more of doing because that was you know i was trying to figure out how to relate. Um, One of the things that when I first started in real estate, which I had zero knowledge, and my um, friend who's a realtor, he's just like, go to these fancy places that you're already there and just tell them you're a realtor. And I tried that, it didn't work for six months because I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, So getting that experience is very important, but at the same time, you also need to build Rapport with people. You need to build relationships, and I didn't understand that. And I, I was in a dark place. I didn't want to build relationships with anybody because I didn't want anyone to see that I was broken and that I was hurting. I wanted to be there's a wall between all of us, and you need this. Let me see if I can find it, and that doesn't work. That doesn't work. I mean, it worked, you know, for you know deals, things that happen, but. Um, I'm a very like I love people. Like I love people and building relationships and always just offering value. Uh, how can I help you today? Um, I'm you know, that is what I learned is offer your availability to search. Offer you know like my my past client they just got pregnant and I sent them a gift because I just that relationship is more important and then they that, that builds on it. Um, and, and selling luxury. I mean, you can't be intimidated. I, you know, I've met and talked to some realtors who want to get into real estate, and they're like, um, "Christina, how, you know, what 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 advice can you give? Don't be intimidated by the numbers. It's it's not, yeah, it's not a numbers thing. It's about providing value to your people that you're working with, and if those people appreciate it, they'll send you more business. And that's just that's something that I noticed over you know the five years that I've almost five years now that I've been in real estate. So um, oh goodness, that and the- yeah.
0: I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just was excited because you said a couple of things that I think are really important and the way I'll summarize them is, I mean, I always tell my audience anyways, slow down to speed up. It's one of my favorite phrases and you just can't, you can't rush building relationships. You can't rush gaining experience in something you're doing. You can't rush success in what you're doing and success can be defined in so many different ways too, but You know, it's the journey, not the destination. And if you can just take the time and be in it, and really, you know, enjoy establishing the relationships and gaining the trust, that will no doubt uh, have a ripple effect. And I hope I summarized that well.
1: That's that's beautiful. And and the other thing that I did want to add, um, in addition to the relationships, is not to be afraid to ask tough questions because, uh, and they're not even tough questions. They're just direct questions. You know, I used to just kind of tiptoe around it when it's just so much easier to practice, just asking uh, questions like with selling, you know, is this something that works for you? Yeah. I let them speak. And then you kind of get an idea, you know, um, where their head is at. And, and like Laura, you know, with with the with the producer role, you and I have to like figure out who is the right person and we have to ask tough questions. And that's the only way we get to that end goal. And and, and all of that is 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 selling. Is it's just it's it's uniting and bridging what one person wants
0: from the other. Absolutely. So Don't be intimidated and ask the right questions. Fantastic. Okay. All right. My last question for you is I want to talk about dreams. So, um, you know, what is your dream? What do you, what do you, what would you love to achieve um, and leave as your, I guess you could say, legacy in this life? What would that be for you?
1: I want to help people. Um, When I was a little girl, Um, and I would go to my church. I envisioned being a missionary, um, because I just knew that, um, there's something greater than all of the, I guess, the aesthetic around us. And don't get me wrong. I crave, you know, nice things. Um, but I like the Lamborghini in Monopoly, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I want, I want it all. But, you know, um, during my journey post-divorce, I've kind of lived it up, so to speak. And, not to the way I'd want to in a in a more wholesome way. Wholesome meaning coming from my own truth and my own, you know, like my dream is to I've flown private jets, right? I've, but my dream is to take my kids, my best friend, uh, my friends, and take them on vacation somewhere on a private jet because I know they work hard, and it, it's it, and I I love sharing what I earn and what I work for with others that I love and care who support me. Um, so my dream is to help people, uh, whether it is to help them through a dark time, help them you know, find a little bit or get closer to truth within themselves and growing and building that confidence and, and whatever their goal is career-wise, family-wise, to give that support back because sometimes it's really lonely going through that. Um, to that journey and thinking, you know, I thought people judged me and hated on me, you know, when I was in that dark place. And it's so farthest from the truth. Most people are so absorbed with their own problems, um, that nobody cares about your, whatever's happening to you. And and it's, it's sad, but I want to give back and make people feel that it's okay that you're going through it. Um, we're not going to sit here and chit chat about it for hours and hours, because to get out of that, you need, to take actions. So yeah, my goal is to help people, but in order for, for me to help people, I have to, you know, keep expanding and growing through my own, um, you know, businesses as a mother, uh, through my own setbacks. So.
0: Amazing. Well, what would you want to leave the audience in terms of maybe a favorite motto, a quote, a, a daily practice that you do? What is one thing that you want to give right now to my audience that, they would really appreciate, you think?
1: I, th- um, I I didn't talk about this at all, but I will tell you uh, some of my past boyfriends and ex-husband, they'd always ask, why do you always put your makeup? Why do you always try to look good? Why do you always do your makeup in the morning? And I, they're like, well, who are you trying to impress? And my answer has always been, I, I'm doing this for me because it makes me feel good. Um, When I had Mila, um, I lived in upstate New York, and I got dressed up just to go out to lunch with Mila. And I remember running into this frazzled poor woman in the restaurant with a child and wearing sweatpants or hair in a bun and just looked completely like she gave in like she gave up and I just wanted to hug her I'm just and and she's like stopped and she's like oh my gosh you have it all together and I'm like far from it but if I could just get dressed nicely and do my face I feel so much better and it just the whole day flows Um, so if I can give one you know advice to any mother or out there don't worry about pleasing other people do it for you. And sometimes putting on a clean blouse, brushing your hair, putting on some mascara, lip gloss, whatever works for you, really, really sets the tone. And I I honestly, that is just one thing that I think every woman sometimes needs permission that it's okay to do that. Because a lot of people think it's vain, I think, you know, but it's our thing. We're we're feminine creative creatures where we want to feel pretty and whether it's a little lip gloss and mascara, Hey, just do it for you.
0: All right. I love that so much that I have to tell you a quick, <laughs> funny story. The first time <laughs> that I moved to Amsterdam, it was right from New York city. And in New York, I was in my twenties. I was wearing high heels every day. I, I was partying. I was enjoying life. And so when I came to the Netherlands, I was still going to the office in my high heels on the bike and women would just stare at me like, who is this? And I remember one time I was going to this outdoor movie with a couple of friends and I was wearing my high heels and we were at a stoplight waiting on our bikes. And this woman next to me uh, in Dutch, and then my friends translated afterwards, she asked me, why are you wearing high heels? And I remember that moment so like, Clearly, and I thought to myself, why not? You know, um, but then it also gave me such an insight into the culture. And you know, I love the the Dutch women. This isn't to knock on anything, but you know, it is quite cold here. There's a lot of harsh weather. You're biking all the time, so of course they look at me like, "Who is this crazy girl in her high heels?" Um, <laughs> but I agree with you. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: No, I listen. Do whatever. And and this is what I think a lot of us have this noise we try to make it wrong turn it off, put, put something like, even if it's five, 10 minutes in the bathroom, getting ready and just put on something that makes you feel good. If that is the one thing that you can start doing that really makes you feel better and then add on to it. There's nothing wrong with that. And listen, I was so obsessed with body weight and we didn't even touch upon that and looking a certain way when you just accept like, wow, okay, today I'm going to wear this green blouse. It is a beautiful color. I'm going to put some mascara. I'm going to jam to some music that I like or listen to a podcast or read audio, or listen to an audiobook. Those five minutes are your golden moment to set the tone for how you arrive for everybody else. And why not share that joy? You are being there for other people. And if you yeah. can't be there for yourself, you can't share that with others
0: life is all about energy. Whatever energy we give, we're going to get back. So that's excellent advice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christina. This has been such a beautiful conversation filled with laughter and childhood memories and vulnerability (laughs) and all the stuff in between. And I just know that every boss mama listening is going to take away something from this conversation. So I really appreciate you. And I'm sending you you so much.
1: You're welcome.
0: (laughs) I'm sending you and everyone listening lots of love, light, and imagination until the next episode on Boss Mama's Mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in.
1: Thank you.